Today, prepare to meet Jack Frost, Jigsaw, Spyman, the Harvey Heroes. Not familiar with Harvey? Well, that is perfectly understandable. It was the mid-60s, the time of Marvel's road to dominance, DC's consistent roster of top titles like Justice League and Batman. Could there be room for one more player in the comic book field, one that boasted a top list of big-time comic book talent to boot. It is Make Mine Harvey, or Bust, on an all-new episode of Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making comics for 39 calendar years, hired at ni- in, in 1986, and uh, been, been been illustrating comic books, uh, producing comic books, creating comic books for basically my entire uh, entire adult life. Uh, hired at 18 years old, never looked back. So excited, so thrilled to be able to uh, make comic books, tell comic books of action, adventure, superheroes, and then watch as these comic books that 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 I picked up when I was a kid off spinner racks in liquor stores, in in, in food markets, in at, at the Seven Eleven. Watching how these have grown and and just become this giant force in 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 the in pop culture across all platforms of pop culture. We're talking video games. We're talking streaming, cartoons. Obviously, the films, toys, all the merchandise, the T-shirts, T-shirts which are like little billboards for each and every character. It, it is nothing less than astounding, especially given what little crumbs, and that's what we were given when I was a kid, crumbs of superhero stuff, tiny little bits of merchandise. We'd get a record album. <laughs> that would be a, a big deal, like an audio recording of a Spider-Man adventure, eventually, uh, then later a little, uh, you know, a little little 35 uh, LP that that had a accompanying book that that would ding and, and I've actually done a couple of those here on the on the show I, I I think I did one from the Incredible Hulk to show you uh it, it's called a it's called Power Records that exact episode is called Power Records that was uh the 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 basically the publisher the the uh, label that that put out comic books and the accompanying soundtracks the 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 audio the audio accompaniment uh that's the kind of stuff that like wow if you saw that in the record department at your department store you just flipped out you you loved it there was nothing even remotely on par with the stuff that we're experiencing nowadays even though you know you read an article each and every day how the the comic book superhero movie has peaked frankly that's what everyone keeps saying they say it's peaked it's peaked Many, many eyeballs are trained on a movie coming out this summer that I may or may not have a whole lot to do with, given that the character does not exist in any way, shape, or form without me. Of course, yes, I'm going to mention Deadpool, but I'm not ready to uh, hedge my bets just yet. You know, Uh, good people behind uh, the scenes, the camera, uh, filmmakers, obviously great talent, performing, bringing the whole the whole production of life and and let's hope that it is as good as everyone wants it to be because everybody wants it to be great it is a light movie for for these kind of uh i'm sorry a light year for these kind of movies a light year for superhero films because the everyone is kind of pulled back dc is now really entrenched in launching their new james gunn verse uh they're gonna have the joker which is the joaquin phoenix kind of off off uh, center of their universe, kind of in its own universe with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, which is cool. Really it, look, looking forward to Joker, looking forward to Deadpool. Uh, I'm going to tell you, while we're at it, let's just go Madam Web. I, I was in a theater with a bunch of uh, teenagers and they responded really well. Look, my, my daughter and I had a discussion around Christmas with, uh, with uh, is it called anyone but you? I think the the Glenn Powell Sydney Sweeney rom com was coming out right around Christmas time, and my daughter is she was nineteen 
at the time. She just turned 20 last week. Uh, 19 at the time. She and all of her girlfriends told me how much they wanted to see it. And I said, this is going to be really interesting because uh, Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney are previously not what we knew and, and acknowledged as box office draws. Glenn Powell has been around a really long time. Super talented guy from uh, Everybody Wants Some, from Richard Linklater back in 2016, uh, through obviously his breakout role in Maverick. And then there, he goes even further back into the early 2000s. And of course, Sidney Sweeney on Euphoria has been blowing up. And then lo and behold, that movie had tremendous legs. It is uh, it, it is really legged out, as they say, and made more money each and every week. And so it looks like we have a next generation of stars. It's certainly not, they are certainly not people that my wife and myself, who we were of the Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, Will Smith kind of age. When I was a kid, it was Robert Redford, it was Paul Newman, it was Charlton Heston. Um, now there is, uh, there is a new generation, and, and they are uh, determining box office. So I think, I think a lot of what's going on uh, with Dakota Johnson, with Sidney Sweeney, and Madam Webb is helping shape what could potentially be that movie's success. You just never know what's going to click, and you also just never know about that sure thing that's not going to click. But sounds like of the menu uh, that, that we have for this year, and I, I know Craven from Sony is coming at some point. Look, I, I really respect the chutzpah, the balls on Sony for how, 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 how doggedly they continue to pursue their what we call the Spider-Man universe. And I hope to God that they keep it and, they, and, and, and it's become now outpriced. You know, would I have rather Fox stayed unbought, unpurchased uh, by Disney? Yes, for a, a million reasons. But that didn't happen. And now uh, the Spider-Man universe is really the only group of characters that is off, that is, that is, outside of the MCU in terms of a production scope. You know, they'll partner on those Tom Holland films, but everything else uh, the people at Sony are doing on their own. So, but just the fact that I just spent a few minutes discussing these giant produ- productions of these superhero comic book films, it it, it just speaks to uh, the entire just juxtaposition of how I grew up with superheroes. Superheroes were seen as chi- as childish. Even uh, when I would uh, hide a comic book in a peachy folder, I played sports, guys. I wrestled. I played football. Um, I I was a very what do you call it? Uh, normal, considered a very normal high school guys, uh, high school attendee. Uh, I floated well with everybody, and and yet I I, I knew better than to let the full. Uh, on a societal level, on, on simply a, a, a kind of in a transactional societal way, to float in the groups that I enjoyed floating, I did not truly reveal the depths of my comic book ob- obsession, my comic book collection, my comic book passion. I wanted to be. I didn't want that to define me, and it had been defined around me as something that was childish. Uh, like, wait, you read comic books was a response that we would get constantly. We of, of those of who uh, read comic books and, and literally through through the entirety, because a lot of you guys understand how we can sniff each other out through my entirety of high school. I, I encountered one other guy who, who liked comic books. And again, my high school covers, you know, uh, the rise of the X-Men, Frank Miller's Daredevil. Spider-Man, all, all of the crisis on Infinite Earths happened my senior year. So, Secret Wars, all of this stuff was going on. All of this stuff was was making a difference. And yet, I, I didn't feel comfortable sharing it with the masses, and I didn't. And I and I and I and I floated and uh, maneuvered just fine. Nothing like today. Nothing like the absolute. Dominance, even in a down year, even in a down cycle, the superheroes are still absolutely ruling the roost. Much of what I share here on the show, here at Observations, is the history of comic books. I, I started with my very first episode with the comic books that I was picking up at seven years old. Around 1974, 1975 is when I fell in love with comics. They became a, a weekly edition. You could get four for a dollar. I'd get quarters out of the out of the you know sofa cushions. My dad. People had a lot more change in their pockets than they do now. I tried that trick with my own kids. Like even even when they were like, you know, seven, eight, nine, I'd be like, you know, check, check the check the sofa. They were like already into digital payments. 
<laughs> they, they were already too smart. Like coins, uh, what does a coin get me? The entire culture of getting on your skateboard and going down to the market and getting a uh, uh, Twinkie, uh, a bag of chips, and a comic book is, is just not happening anymore. Uh, mainly, mainly because you're not going to find a comic book in any of these markets that I told you about. Because now they're you know the domain of really specialty comic book stores, clubhouses that we need to support at all times, and Amazon. You know, delivery services. Comic books are definitely changing, but this show has chronicled and has taken great pride in chronicling the history of comics. I just want to say to you, the audience who has been there with me now for nearly four years, thank you for appreciating and uh, in in some part celebrating that shared history. Uh, I love bringing uh, pieces of the comic book uh, universe the, the history of the comic book universe to you guys and, and maybe sometimes looking under a rock that, that hadn't been uh, uh, examined, that hadn't been lifted up for, for a really long time. The industry continues to be so very DC and, and Marvel centric and, and it was it was pretty much always that way, especially when I was a very young reader in the, in the seven, eight, nines. But in my teenage years, those high school years, you know, that was the uh, the dominion of Kamiko. That was an independent comic book label. Label it gave you like Mage, uh, I'm at Grendel, uh, uh, First Comics. It, it was the the dominion of of uh, Warp Graphics, and it was the dominion of of Dark Horse and Eclipse Comics. So many different independent labels were were attempting to break out. I, of course, helped launch Image Comics, which became the biggest independent comic label and has continued to be ridiculously successful, bringing you so many amazing comic books by so many amazing creators who can participate in that creator ownership and and do what they will with their own properties, which is just a giant uh, just a giant advantage in, in in this world that we that we navigate in, and you can you know as my peers and I did. Start your own catalogs of characters. Uh, sell them off if you'd want. Keep the ones you want. Uh, option them for all different sorts of projects. And 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 that is the beauty of being an independent comic book creator. But so many of us, we love to dip our toes, continue to work in Marvel and and and, and DC. There's certainly bucket list items that that I uh, I, I want to partake in. Given that I believe I have less of my career in front of me than I have behind me. But so. The love of comic books is something that we celebrate often, and 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 the the love of comic books is really and the passion of comic books is what this show is all about. I'm going to tell you, you guys have again been walking this walk with me for a really long time. I hope that you are doing fantastic. I hope you're doing well. I tell you, as I get older and as I am t- talking into this microphone, 56 years, raised three adult children, now 20, uh, 21, and 20. Three are, are the ages uh, that, that 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 man. My my kids are they're, they're again adult age, m- making their way in in life. One is still left in school. My youngest, who is 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 my amazing daughter, and then of course uh, my my son Chase is continuing to pursue acting. You may have caught him in a in a movie called uh, Which Brings Me to You, which was out in theaters these last couple weeks. It's coming to all manner of different streaming services. Following, uh, and then my oldest son, who's in who works in finance and has been through college and is engaged and, and ready to live his life. And so my wife and I, we kind of, we, we kind of, you know, have, have taken these new paths in this last year. But the one thing that we share, even though our kids are gone, and I'm sure so many of you can relate to this, is our beloved pet. Uh, our dog, Joe, has been with us eight and a half years. Uh, when we got him, he was about seven years old. So he is close to 16, 17 years old per the uh our, our, our veterinarian who has been great to us over these last, you know, several years. And uh, we were told last spring that Joe had degenerative heart, uh, degenerative heart failure, heart condition. And so we were given a, a medications to to ease his suffering and, and, and all manner of pills that some, some of you will find very familiar. But uh, he is still with us. To quote the veterinarian, I can't believe Joe is still here. Uh, Joe handles the days really good. Still got some spry in his step. Likes a little a little walk. The walks he used to go on 60, 70 minute walks with my wife every day, but that has uh, not been the case for the last nine months. It's little brief, tiny walks. He's adorable. He's just full of tons of love and uh, affection. We have poured into him. Every member of our family just absolutely adores him. But uh, 
his condition obviously has worsened, and we've um, changed the, the medications to, to, to make things easier on him. But but my my evening, uh, when I fall asleep, I know that I will be woke uh, awakened probably from 1 to 2 to let the dog out so that he continue continue to do his business. And already that evening, uh, and, and again, maybe many of you can relate to this. In, in the evenings between about 8 to 10, because the medication makes him uh, uh, have to have to go to the restroom a lot, you know, every 15, 20 minutes, we're letting him out, letting him out, letting him out. And then at night, and you may, may, may say, well, Rob, why don't you have a doggy door? Well, our entire community has, uh, the threat level of coyotes has really soared over the last year. And this is the season right now, the coyotes uh, on our ring network. And again, so many, use, so many of you have your ring network. We get notifications all the time, but the coyotes are just coming up and attacking uh, pets while they are on their walks with their dogs, while they those pets are um, in the front yard. We don't even let our dog uh, out in the front yard anymore. Uh, a couple of coyotes would rip him apart. So we just stay away from that entirely. He is the really the, the domain that, that he exists in after you know, when the sun goes down is, is outside. So two o'clock, then probably again, five o'clock. And then from there, you know, I'm not going to get much sleep after that. So my, <laughs> today I'm actually recording this at a, at a record late uh, period because uh, just we, we, we are up a, a lot with, with our dog who we love very much. And you know what, when it's his time, it's going to be his time. And uh, they keep telling us that we will know it, but that is uh, whatever your um, pet that you have, your dog, your cat, uh, your turtle. We had a turtle. He was over a hundred years old. He was part of the part of the property here and came with a like permit that we couldn't move him. And, and oh my man, we we just loved that turtle to death until that uh, turtle, which we of course called Myrtle, uh, passed. But we it, he literally came with a certificate on our hill and the holes that he lived in in the caves that we couldn't you know touch him. And why would we? We we totally dug him. But yeah, you, those of you with a pet. No, this is not a segue into a super pet episode. Although, if you don't think I've considered that, uh, and one is likely coming, you, you <laughs> then 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 you got to be kidding yourself because I am absolutely on that track. But anyway, uh, that's my day of the life, my day in the life, and why I'm a little uh, maybe maybe not as sharper today is because because man, I I am on doggy daddy patrol and I've got to go out with him throughout the evening when he has to get his business done. Uh, and and there's there's quite a few coughing sessions that go along with that as well. But the new medications seem to be doing great um just thought i would share that with you and and again no doggy doors because that would not be good uh i'm gonna tell you right now 2024 has already been so great to me that it could stop right now and it would have been like one of the best years the thundercats is a property that i always wanted to participate in and always wanted to draw and i have drawn not one not one but two covers for thundercats number one the the first one when when, when dynamite was able to release it we were able to just uh really garner so much attention and juice and you all just showed up and 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 the, and the comic when it was announced was doing a hundred thousand and one week later it was doing a hundred and seventy thousand and i just want to thank you for getting behind my cover and and rallying and and i cannot uh wait to see what the creative team and and uh, Declan uh, uh, does with this book and and what and dynamite and and I did a direct uh, my own version of the cover that I hope you you'll be able to find from me on my live streams that I do at whatnot and I'll, I'll plug whatnot at the end of this this episode but uh, the Thundercats just want to say thank you I haven't given you guys a proper thank you and tell you how excited I am for you to experience it and uh, as a result of your overwhelming response I am doing four more covers for a grand total at this time of five covers for the Thundercats not including the 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 ones I'm doing for myself because five five covers that will make their their way to your store to your retailers then I'm doing special variants of that myself I love Lion-O the whole crew I am so happy to to share this cover and I just want to thank you so much for supporting it I have a another book that I I was doing through from Thanksgiving to New Year it's called the last blood it arrived last week we sold out of every single edition I'm pulling some personal copies of mine uh, to to offer now because we just su- supply could not meet demand but I very much wanted man to, to, to just uh, go cautiously with this book but the idea is that the book is only coming from me I am the distributor I am distributing through the live streams 
launching with a special launch product, something that makes you all who were able to get it feel special, uh, was the idea. But then we thought we would have enough of the other covers to last us a couple weeks. Not we, we, they didn't last us a few hours. And uh, as of as of uh, as I'm sharing this with you, many of you have been getting your copies, and you're so excited, and you're sharing uh, that your 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 um, enjoyment that you're getting from the last blood. The whole idea behind uh, Rob Liefeld's The Last Blood is that uh, a lot of my characters in my extreme library, I figure while I'm in a condition to do them in a way that I still really feel that I'm I'm, I'm performing strong. Uh, I, I think my work continues to be strong at 56. I, w- I want to do those stories now. And if someone's going to tie up those loose ends and say goodbye to those characters, then I'm going to do it. So keep watching my live streams on whatnot. And again, I'll do a proper whatnot promotion at the end, but keep watching those. Thank you for, for giving me your favor, for giving me your excitement, for giving me your support and uh, and for making Last Blood just a, 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 just a rousing success. We would keep loading up the store in real time, 10, 20 copies, and they would literally be gone in five and 10 seconds. We didn't get to 10 seconds with 10 copies. We certainly didn't get to 20 seconds with 20 copies. I mean, boom, 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 boom. All these different editions are, are going. There's yet another edition that I'll be sharing with you very soon, but but uh, but but that that is for a, a a podcast to come. So I just want to give you all just a, such a, such a thank you from me to you for the show for the sh- for the comics and for your support of the Thundercat stuff and and Last Blood. As far as what's going on in the comics industry, at wide, I mean, we've already covered the movies, obviously, and like I said, I think that I think I think uh, with Sydney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson, you're gonna you're gonna definitely see. Uh, some more interest in Madam Web than maybe you would have anticipated. Uh, it, it's like the young stars of Hollywood are really finding their footing. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, Austin Butler. Uh, th- th- these are just some of the names. There's so many of them. Glenn Powell. Uh, we, 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 we've discussed some of them, but there's so many more that are obviously Zendaya. Uh, they are just coming on and they are becoming the new box office uh, uh you know, support. The interesting thing is, I don't know if you guys are aware that Timothy Chalamet has said in his interviews that that Leonardo DiCaprio, who he looks up, up to, who contacted him, who who was very impressed with all of the work that he'd been doing, said, "Hey, stay away from superheroes. Don't put on a cape." And then Jacob Elordi uh, from Saltburn and also from Euphoria has been very upfront with that he didn't want anything to do with the Superman movie because people's, you know, when they were going to do a younger Superman and James Gunn was going to open it up. To casting someone new, everybody thought of Jacob Lordy. If you've watched Euphoria, and I, I only watched Euphoria on HBO Max because my kids turned me onto it, and uh, and I was so taken with it was just very. Uh, you want to talk grim and gritty, grim and gritty high school drama, drugs, and oh, just crazy stuff. But it's very entertaining, very well done. But Jacob Lordy immediately he just pops to you uh, again with, with Sydney Sweeney and Zendaya, and I mean, look, that show is loaded with 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 with, uh, with talent. But Jacob Elordi came out in an interview and said, I wanted nothing to do with Superman. No way. He told his agents, no way. So it's really interesting that this new age of actors is going out of their way to let you, the public, know that they don't want to make movies like that, which is very interesting. I, I am I am watching this also as someone who has scripts who are, that are coming in and, and movies that are optioned and, and movies that have been optioned that you have yet to hear about because I can't announce them. I'm not the person that, that gets to do that announcing, but uh, I am very fascinated as someone who is a producer on all my projects as uh, you know, finding out to, to what extent some of this new, especially these male uh, uh, act, you know, the the, the You've already got Sidney Sweeney being in a comic book movie, but 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 as Austin Butler and and Timothy Chalamet and and uh, Jacob Elordi, perhaps Glenn Powell, the, these none of these guys have landed in superhero roles yet, and so it's very interesting to me to to see because when DiCaprio, Mister you know, uber respected, Mister Scorsese, Mister Tarantino, I mean that guy's got a hell of a resume, super respect, longevity. When he comes and, and says, "Hey, stay away from the capes." I mean, he's advising these guys not to do these roles for a reason. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all works out. This is the kind of stuff that that when my brain gets churning, this is the kind of stuff that I debate. But uh, as far as the comic book industry itself, I've I've told you there will be a new launch of DC uh, Comics. We don't break news here. I'm not going to spoil some of those things. I could even give you some creative teams at this time. That would be naughty. Uh, 
the bottom line is when I broke the news that Marvel had tried and attempted to dance with Jim Lee to come back to the X-Men, that by the time I shared that with you, that was six months in the rearview mirror. That was very old news. It it they had to pursue new avenues, new uh, you know, new arrangements with talent because obviously Jim Lee would have been the best button to press it would have been the biggest results so after that they had to go in a different direction but dc has definitely got something new cooking up for you uh different versions different launches that they internally it is referred to as the ultimate dc or dc you know the the dc ultimate universe just kind of uh, that's not official but it, it puts in mind that when marvel launched their ultimate universe in 2000 that it was a different take on existing characters maybe going back turning back the clock making them younger different versions so that that's something to definitely look back and and why not why wouldn't dc do something like that they kind of need some fuel in the marketplace right now their stuff is is not garnering the same level of interest among retailers as it used to or among fans and if you doubt me for one minute go talk to a fan go talk to a retailer mainly go talk to your retailer they will tell you the truth but everyone wants the dc stuff to do so much better so it makes sense that this is all you know, on the queue and coming. The big X-Men revival is coming. Uh, I've got books I can't tell you about that are coming. Uh, so so I, I really feel like that the, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're right kind of in the middle of this, uh, again, with Thundercats and then with Battle of the Planets and some of the other stuff that's going on that's been announced, some of these other licenses. Again, it's going to continue. We're in this this 20-year traction. We're in 2003, 2004. Thundercats and G.I. Joe and Transformers and Battle of the Planets and all those titles came back again. And I've done multiple uh, uh, podcasts that discuss uh, just that that toy uh, toyetic cartoon you know uh, a nostalgia that drove all that stuff back in 2003 2004 and now as we re-enter it that as as that may settle i think you're going to get all this new stuff coming out and it's going to be exciting i think everyone's putting on their best and making their very best uh uh attempts to to get some some energy into the marketplace and i think it's going to work I, i'm very optimistic about comic books and again just my own stuff the last blood stuff that i've i've got out there if if that's any uh indication i i tried to fill a need i tried to address a need the the last blood book is extremely violent it's one of my most violent action-packed i would say macho somebody else said red meat works um i hope you dig it again didn't mean to segue into another plug but i did uh so so we just we're rooting for comics here at the Rob Observations uh, uh, net- Network uh, at the at the at the Rob Observations uh, Worldwide Headquarters, and we hope that you are as well. And I am very excited about all that is to come this year in the 2024 uh, calendar in regards to comic books. And again, like I, like I said, hey, if if, if uh, I mean the interest in Deadpool three is so high, and Joker as well. Joker is it, that that movie made so much money overseas it, it over exceeded it, it like exceeded its coverage over here in the states it was it was a hit overseas it was way bigger so um, very excited about all that is to come with comics and with movies and today we're going to discuss a piece of comic book history that I have mentioned here just scratch the surface a couple times but we're going to give a bigger spotlight to uh, another uh, like what could have been kind of an opera, uh, kind of a kind of a uh, an arrangement uh, a, a superhero universe that you may not have heard of, and, and, you, and you're already like life. We read the title of this episode. It's called "Make Mine Harvey." So we're about to segue in to not just Harvey Comics, but the very brief, limited window of the Harvey Comics superhero universe. So, so let's paint a picture of where we're about to travel. Okay, let me let me let me stage this. This is uh, five years after the launch of Fantastic Four. The Marvel superhero launch saved Timely. They were doing so poorly. We've covered this before, but it, it is worth revisiting. And and I'm telling you, you've heard this story enough. There is merit. There is truth. The uh, head of DC Comics boasted that super team books were what was selling the best for them. And then the head of Marvel went back and said, let's do this. Let's do some super team books. And from the horror, romance, adventure, rough, kind of around the edges sci-fi, I mean, that's 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 being generous, that, that Timely was doing, Stan and Jack then pursued <clears throat> what, what became the Fantastic Four, what became the Avengers, what became Spider-Man with Ditko, and it turned Marvel's fortunes around. They were the right books at the right time at the right place, and they changed the market. Suddenly, 
Thor, you know, Iron Man, Ant-Man, X-Men. Marvel was an incredible superhero factory and it changed their fortunes, their 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 spreadsheets, their spreadsheets, their balances and they took off. What's going to happen here in 1966 is interesting because there's another element that has entered the 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 culture and that is the Adam West Burt Ward Batman TV show. So now you've got Marvel who is giving DC a run for the, their money in the marketplace in the 60s. And again, you guys, I love revisiting. I love revisiting the, the, the just past history and what made what what you know the pillars of the comic book industry that that everything stands on and 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 the and the and the players such as the ones I'm going to introduce to you today that that tried to slip in there and tried to make their own niche and and pull a marvel do, do what marvel did you know prior to 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 superman and and then later with marvel fans before spider-man taking the the, the the spotlight. It was Archie. It was Archie's world. Yes, Archie and, and 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 Jughead and the gang from Riverdale. And over at Harvey Comics, Casper the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich. I have talked many times that my trade with my barber in 1974 for his Fantastic Four 147 with Prince Namor coming out of the water battling the thing that I gave him two Richie Riches and some Casper the Friendly Ghost, a swap. You know, he drove a hard bargain. If he's given me one of his sacred superhero comic books that he relies to entertain kids like me, you know, he wanted a couple more in return. Obviously, I gave him more humor. He gave me this action-adventure Marvel comic book that absolutely changed my mind, blew my mind, blew the lid off my head. I could not have been more engaged. I have done an entire, just FYI, I've done an entire podcast, an entire episode on that era of the Fantastic Four, which is kind of a a, a, a bold I don't want to use goofy because it was super fun, just a super fun, bold era of the Fantastic Four with Submariner, uh, Doctor Doom, the Frightful Four, uh, Medusa had replaced Invisible Girl, Sue Storm on the team. It was just such a, a wild era. That's my my earliest uh, interaction with that book, but it was wild and it was just like no no holds barred, no rules, really very few, um, you know, uh, guardrails. It was just anything goes, and it was so fun. But to get there, I had my Harvey Comics. My, my parents did not have a problem with me checking out Richie Rich, checking out Casper, checking out everything. I was so into those books. But when I smelled Marvel, I wanted something more. So Harvey had made their fortune off Casper, off Richie Rich, all off hot stuff, hot stuff, little devil. Oh my gosh. I just, I could not get enough of him. I was so into hot stuff. Uh, and again, Richie Rich, man, there was Richie Rich millions, Richie Rich fortunes, the regular Richie Rich. They had, they had so many different Richie Rich comics about, a, you know, the richest kid in the world. Uh, and they were, they were so fun. But then I pivoted, as I imagine so many my age did at the time, grew up, wanted something more. Well, Harvey decided because of what was going on and the success that Marvel Comics had and the debut of Batman on network television that they needed to, get, they needed to, to take a dive into the superhero genre and build out their own superhero line of books. You got to understand prior to all of that, uh, after the, the, the rage of Captain America and the patriotic surge of the world of World War II, the public had stopped buying superhero comics. The superhero, uh, I'm sorry, the Superman TV show, the black and white one, uh, ran from 1952 to 1958. The reruns were in heavily heavily syndicated, uh, and it helped DC kind of find its footing again. But then, Timely and Marvel, with their basically their hail mary attempts with Fantastic Four and Spider Man, again changed everything. Then in in January. Of 1966 is when the Batman live action shot, uh, the live action Batman Adam West show. Pow, boom, you know. I, I, I don't even know. I, I certainly don't believe my kids have interacted with that show in any way, shape, or form. That was a dedicated watch after school. They played uh, two episodes from five to six on Channel 5 when I was a kid, weeknight, 
Monday through through Friday, so it was right before dinner time. I plopped down. I'd watch Batman battle the Joker, the Penguin, uh, battle King Tut, battle Mister Freeze, battle all the different um, you know uh, uh, different villains. Watched Batgirl come onto the scene and join you know Robin and uh, and Batman. I mean, it, it it was still going strong in in 1974, 75, 76 when I was watching Batman. But Adam West, obviously, huge. Uh, impact on the culture, huge game changer. But this generation probably is is so lost in regards to this because because I mean Michael Keaton is now their throwback, it, it, the throwback. Uh, Christian Bale is about to be. <laughs> we're, we're we're coming up on twenty years since uh, Batman begins. So, but uh, Marvel had clearly been doing very well with with what what you know their answer their their their. Uh, their entry into superheroes and Harvey Comics decided let's do this 1966 they went after Mr. Joe Simon he of the Joe Simon Jack Kirby uh, co-creator of Captain America the, the Jack obviously had his hands full making so many great comic books at Marvel Thor Avengers Fantastic Four really Fantastic Four and Thor are his meatiest uh, most most prolific work but you know his Avengers his X-Men uh, his Ant Man, all of the different aspects, uh, Hulk that, that he contributed to were, were just, uh, I mean, are, are part of again, as I said, the pillars. So Joe Simon, who was a prolific combo creator himself, who had success outside of Jack as well, was approached by Harvey, and they seemed to believe that he would be the best guy to kind of be the showrunner for their new line of superheroes now chances are you're not going to have heard of any of these superheroes <laughs> they didn't they didn't launch we've done an entire uh i think there was two-part episode called atlas comics about one of the uh marvel owners breaking away and starting his rival to 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 marvel a rival company to marvel in the 70s and those were on the newsstands at that marketplace at that liquor store at that 7-eleven in 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 uh, in the same way that that, that i was picking up all the Marvel stuff, Superman, Muhammad Ali, the Treasury editions. Those Atlas books were there. I was I was there during that time. I, I was so again so so blown away. Neil Adams on covers, some familiar Steve Ditko, some familiar names from Marvel. So I was into it, but I didn't know about the distribution and uh, difficulties and just again same thing that Harvey ran into here about a decade earlier. Marvel and DC were running the show. You, you had to really go big. The number one reason that Image Comics shocked everybody is because retailers, the distributors, and rivals. Uh, look, I, 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 there's there's no need to mince words. The guy who was the most down on Image Comics, who told myself, who told Valentino, who told the most of us. Uh, you know him as the scripter uh, here, but uh, Mr. Nicieza said, "You guys are going to fail. There's no way this you're going to pull this off. You, you, you're not going to pull this off. This is going to fail." We we heard this again and again and again. And it was like, give me a break. It was just another obstacle that we had to clear. But it was because Marvel and DC had that tight of a grip on the marketplace that, what do you guys think you're doing trying to go on your own and break out? And that's what Harvey is coming up against. That's what Atlas came up against. It's the hurdle that Image Comics cleared. It, it, it is really remarkable. But those, the, you know, Bob Harris, my editor, the guy who hired me to put me on New Mutants where I was able to introduce and create Cable and Domino and Deadpool and Shatterstar and Feral and Strife and the MLF and Kane and all those others. He never, he, he, he kept whatever he said off the phone or away from me, he, I, I couldn't tell you. To my face, he wished me well. He thought, hey, that's interesting endeavor. He, he, he knew possibly we had something, but other people uh, were very vocal in thinking, you guys are going to fail. And you know what? It must have been really frustrating when we did everything uh we stumbled out the gate with our late books and we still didn't fail because we just had the right books at the right time, just like Marvel did in 1961 with the launch of Fantastic Four. They went and they hired Joe Simon. The best It's the best hire you're going to get at that time. He has a known brand, whether it's the, 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 the Fly, the Shield, uh, Captain America. Joe is a known quantity, a big, a, big, a big player in the field. So Harvey thought, hey, we've got this guy. So they go to him. <clears throat> And uh, so they asked Joe to be the showrunner. And he recruited an incredible uh, amount of, of, of talent, really. He was able to uh, 
lure Gil Kane, Al Williamson, Wally Wood, and a very young Jim Steranko. So, of the comic books that they launched during this, this superhero line, my favorite, the one that I've enjoyed the most, the one that I've been able to get copies of, Spy-Man. Spy-Man was created, designed, introduced by Mr. Jim Steranko. It was his contribution. And uh, he designed it, but he didn't really, I'll be honest, the interiors were by George Tuska and others, but it was a, a, uh, a Jim Steranko Design. This is Jim Steranko, who we've talked about on this uh, on this on this show, who uh, went on to really blow up on the Shield and Captain America. This is pre Shield, pre pre Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, pre Captain America. Joe Simon just uh, really tapped a very interesting component when he went after Jim uh, Jim Steranko, who was who was ready to flex. Spyman is uh, uh, it, it, I, I think a cool name, just very simple. Spyman. Hey, it's Spyman. Spyman has a red and blue costume and a little bit of a predecessor, a precursor, if you will, to the Six Million Dollar Man. He, uh, he, <laughs> he had uh, lost his hand. So he, he, was, uh, he sacrificed himself heroically, deactivating a bomb. And uh, there was a doctor named Dr. Vane, V-A-N-E, who uh, provided Johnny Chance, agent of liberty. He provided him with a, uh, basically a bionic hand, a robotic hand. And that hand had so many different superpowers. And he would jump into the fray and battle against the Whisperer, the leader of Mirage, M period, I period, R period, A period, G period, E period, okay, Mirage, Cyclops, who was a bad guy, chief of the Evil Eye Society, and he is a giant eye, I'm looking at the cover right now, uh, the, 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 the cover says, it was Spyman and his amazing electro-robot hand against the Evil Eye Society, and there's, there's a cool uh, schematic of the hand on the, on the cover. Um, new powers for Spyman's incredible electro-robotic hand. Uh, this other cover, he's battling against the agents of Whisper, and uh, I've got to disarm this bomb before it destroys the city. Uh, Spyman, the, the art... Uh, was provided by comic book greats of that age, the Silver Age, who also flexed in in the Bronze Age, George Tuska, Dick Ayers, Bill Drought. And I I honestly believe Spy-Man was the standout of of the group. There is a uh, convention coming up. Last year, it's once one one weekend a year here in uh, in Orange County, and it's uh, this year it's held in Orange. If you're here in Orange County, do your due diligence. I'm, I'm not sure of, of is it called Southern California Con? It, it's something like that. But it's a great show. I've been going to it for the last six seven years. It used to be right right down the street from me in my city. They moved. They went to Santa Ana, Irvine, and they now they're in Orange this year. But tons of silver and 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 Bronze Age, Golden Age dealers there. And last year, some of the hottest books. To get were Captain Freedom and some of these old Harvey Spyman and, and some of these rarer Silver Age books. And I'm going to tell you, it's a huge kick to, get, to, to interact with these. Um, previously, Harvey had had, uh, you know, superhero adventures with uh, Black Cat and other characters like this. But this is their 1966 entry, the fantastic electro-robot hand of Spy-Man. It was on every cover. The schematic of the hand was on every cover. In each finger, one had X-ray, one had blaster, one had... <clears throat> Humor me here. Uh, one, each finger, one had X-ray, one had blaster, one had recorder, one had um, was control, one has magnet, one was a camera. Uh, the palm of his hand had a black light ray. There was a power pack in the middle. So this one hand is doing a lot of work. Again, a little bit, like I said, a precursor of what, what you'd see later on on television with the $6 million man with Lee Majors portraying Steve Austin. And this is Johnny Chance, Agent of Liberty. This was probably one of the better of the Harvey line. The The other books in the, in the Harvey line were Jigsaw, a man whose body looked and resembled like a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, Jigsaw, man of a thousand parts. <laughs> These are cool. <laughs> I did, Duel on the death walk. 
in the Interplanetary Olympics. You've met your match, Zarkow. I'm going to teach you not to play dirty ever again, says Jigsaw, man of a thousand parts. He's kind of stretching. His body's expanding through the parts. It's a little... He's, he's, he resembles Metamorpho by way of Reed Richards. His, 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 uh, his arms have an elasticity. They're elongated, but it's all via these extended pieces that are like a jigsaw puzzle. It's pretty cool. I got to tell you, I I, kind of dig it. Um, The other standout of the line was Jack Q. Frost. Immediately you see it, Jack Frost. Jack Q. Frost, Jack Quick Frost, the coolest hero in comics. He has all these ice guns and ice weaponry. Your quick freeze gun won't work on Lord Lazy's earthquake machine. Lord Lazy... (laughs) L-A-Z-E-E, more like more meant to be Lord Laser-E, but more not lazy like I'm lazy, but it rolls off the tongue. Lord Lazy, your quick freeze gun won't work on Lord Lazy's earthquake machine, Frost. Although it does say world's laziest villain. So <laughs> sorry, underneath it says world's laziest villain. These are very, you know, a little bit over the top, but they're supposed to be heroics. Uh, there's a there's Rent a Hero. There's Miracles Inc. There's all manner of different characters featured in this unearthly spectacular, starring Jack Q. Frost and his ice powers, and he is freezing a robot on the cover to Jack Q. Frost issue number three. You know it was valiant. These are cool powers. Harvey again. Previously published Fighting American with Joe Simon, Joe Kirby. Previously uh, published Boys Ranch, which has got some killer Jack Kirby. Uh, the Boys Ranch was uh, Heroes of the Frontier, Cowboys, Gunslingers. Back, it's a Western comic, and uh, you better believe that uh, Boys Ranch, Fighting American, Marvel did collections of both of these. They are totally worth checking out. They're really fun. They're uh, a product of the pre, of the older, the, the, the late 50s, early, early 60s, late 50s uh, Harvey publishing. But this, this, this attempt by Harvey to get into the superhero game, uh, suffice to say, <laughs> did not uh, go the best. Jack, Jack Q. Frost, number two, has uh, Jack on the cover. Your reign of evil is over, Lord Lazy. Freeze! And he is, this time, just shooting ice right out of his hand like Iceman. And freezing Lord Lazy as two like fiery demons uh, come come down from above Jack Q. Frost to, to battle him. Uh, again, there, there's a super group called Miracles Inc. Surprise preview showing top new superheroes by Comicdom's greatest. Uh, the, these were, again, very valiant. B-Man. I can't leave out B-Man. B-E-E Man. B-E-E-Man. Uh, I'm looking at the cover to number one. He's purple. He's yellow. He's got a helmet. He's got bee wings. Uh, you know, we double dare you to resist the attacking bees. He commanded bees. They attacked alongside him. Also, Magic Master was influ- was, 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 was featured in B-Man. So we got B-Man, Magic Master, Spy-Man, Jack Q. Frost, Miracles, Inc. Ultimately, you know where this leads because I've already told you uh, and you already know because you're like, I've never heard of these. <laughs> uh, looking at the cover to Spy-Man number three. While I wrap this up, kneel before me, Spy Man says the giant robot. The powers of your electro robot hand are useless against the ID machine. Today, he would probably be the AI machine. Maybe the blaster won't work, but if I can turn the black beam finger on that iron creep, he'll never know what hit him. Can the agents of liberty resist the machine that controls men's minds? Top Secret Adventures presents Spy Man number three. I'm a sucker for this stuff, but suffice, suffice to say, Despite the best efforts, uh, this this didn't this didn't fly. Now, along the way, uh, Mr. Wally Wood, who you would know from the Thunder Agents and his incredible tenure on very very brief but influential tenure on Daredevil. If you want to, if you want to know why it was someone from influential, Google uh, Wally Wood and Stan Lee. There's an entire episode dedicated to what happened with Wally, his influence, his drastic changes in in regards to making Daredevil the character that you know today, and why he left Marvel behind and went and created the Thunder Agents. But he is a spectacular uh, talent. Had collaborated with Kirby uh, before. Wally was uh, offended by one of the Harvey brothers 
and uh, the exact defense is not known, but apparently he got up and left that day after their exchange, so they lost Wallywood. But again, briefly, all of these books boasted the talents of Gil Kane, Al Williamson, uh, the creations of Jim, Jim Steranko, and under the tutelage of Joe Simon, along with George Tuska, Dick Ayers. These were all Silver Age guys. They were happy to get the work. The work looks good. It just, like so much before it, you know, what was already set in stone was set in stone. Marvel would take over the market by 1972. They were already on their way to tit-for-tat, toe-to-toe with DC Comics, staring them down, uh, taking over, and, and, uh, you know, there just wasn't room in the marketplace for anybody else. As as cool as I think Spy-Man was, it had to fit alongside all of those Marvel titles. Green Lantern, Flash, Justice League, Superman, Batman from DC. So all the DC titles, all the cool Marvel titles that we've already talked about. So Harvey, no matter how well financed and how well their track record was in comic books with humor and these cute characters like Hot Stuff and Richie Rich, uh, they just did not make the dent necessary to continue to compete with the big two. D- doing a little research, I can tell you that uh, Wally Wood, his signature was removed from some of the art. And, uh, you know, we-, we like to sign our art as artists. We want our stuff to be seen. And uh, the Harvey brothers just were kind of cold to this stuff. And they didn't, they had a policy of not publishing creator signatures. And uh, they actually whited out Wally Wood's signature. And it pissed Wally. He was insulted. And he left. Uh, the word carries. The story goes that when Wally Wood walked out of Harvey, Joe Simon told the Harveys, we've just lost our top talent. They said, go try and get him back. And uh, word word on the street was, it was too late. Wally had left. And let me tell you something. Uh, the Harvey hero line soon folded. It, again, just couldn't connect. When I go back to that, what I'm talking about last year at that show, the 2023 Southern California Con, whatever it's called, uh, <clears throat> some of my friends who sell artwork, they also sell these old Silver Age comics. And, and, and with, with Captain Freedom, you're talking Golden Age comics. If, forgive me. But they said, these are going like crazy. And, and what I mean going like crazy, I mean slabbed copies going for thousands of dollars. So these are not cheap to obtain. If you get a ratty, beat-up copy, it's still going to cost you a pretty penny. But they're fun to interact with. They're great uh, pillars of history. And again, one of the reasons why so many people thought that a new comic book company like Image was going to fail. And so many imprints later did fail. Gorilla failed. Uh, Whatever that wizard comic book line failed. Uh, CrossGen failed. The the, the success of Image and what what it was able to do, and and it's ridiculous for me not to insert this in in there. I wasn't planning on it, but as I'm talking to you about this now, I, I, I get why with Atlas and with Harvey and with all the other failed attempts to do superheroes, what Image did was uh, much more impressive than just your average threading of the needle. I mean, it was like they threaded, we threaded a thousand needles. And the fact that Image Comics is still the third most popular, jumping over uh, Dark Horse and staying there for the last 30 years is ridiculously impressive. But Harvey Comics, I had to share it with you. Spy Man, the, the cream of the crop. Jack Q. Frost, pretty fun. Uh, you know, a guy who freezes people and a guy who has a bionic hand. I mean, if those aren't, you know, in my wheelhouse, I don't know what is, but I figured if you did not know about this attempt, and again, the Silver Age, Gil Kane went on to great acclaim, became the cover e- editor at Marvel, uh, the cover of Giant Size X-Men number one, inked by Dave Cockrum. Uh, he, he was the cover editor at Marvel for the 70s. His era, in my opinion, produced the strongest era of covers ever. Some months he penciled each and every cover, inked by amazing talents like Klaus Janssen, Frank Giacoya, Tom Palmer, all, all manner of um, of incredible talents. Neil Adams would ink Gil Kane's work. I have a Gil Kane, Neil Adams page. It's one of my favorite pages in my collection. Uh, Wally Wood, George Tuska, uh, clearly Jim Jim uh, Jim Steranko. These guys were 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 you know they were some big deals here, and uh, and the fact that this was even attempted is valiant. And uh, ooh, okay. <laughs> That, okay, did not see that twist coming. Invoking Valiant, which I hadn't mentioned yet because I just had forgotten. But again, you know, those many attempts to keep relaunching it, and yet it, 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 there's, there's a failure to launch there. So, starting your own superhero universe, not as easy as it seems. Joe Simon uh, brought some of the best 
talent to Bear and Harvey, who already had a great distribution network because of Richie Rich and Casper and Hot Stuff. Just couldn't crack it. They couldn't crack it. But that, uh, I, I figured that that you would be interested in at least, you know, seeing somewhat uh, what what was what was going on here. I have orig- the the original Spy Man, uh, Enemy Agent Fighters, Jim Steranko's original uh, illustration of this is worth hunting down. It says. Nowhere could one find more adventure than in the world of double agents and counter spies, where intrigue and peril lurk in every dark shadow, from New York to Cairo, from London to Istanbul. Here, every breath may be the last, every moment filled with danger and decoys to safeguard our shores against the foes of freedom. A bold new champion appears, smashing like the spirit of patriotism into enemy sabotage plots and bringing terror into the hearts of traitors. America's secret weapon, the fearless spy man, enemy agent fighter, join the guardian of our nation defenses fight by his side and witness the birth giant logo the birth of a hero created and illustrated by jim stranko this incredible illustration of spy man and he's his his robotic hand is firing out shots as he reaches out it's very reminiscent of some of the best shots that he did with nick fury agent of shield with captain america really cool again worth checking out maybe maybe do an internet search check check these out look at them they're fun if you didn't know about them now you do and 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 my job my deed here is done one thing i want to add this is so fun at the end of last episode uh the last episode i did uh talked about todd versus god and his infamous showdown with god and satan in his own living room in front of myself tony libido wanda his wife their 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 daughter had already been put to bed uh, and terry fitzgerald who would go on to be one of tony's um uh top lieutenants in his business for years to go to to, to follow uh that todd had a square down showing why he doesn't believe in god god and, and the devil uh, i i would i would i would ask for you to go back and listen to this entirety but uh neither god nor the devil could turn on the light switch as he commanded and then todd did and that's when he pronounced that he himself was god because he could turn on the lights hilarious a storm thunder lightning crashing the entire time lo and behold late last friday i get a comment i get i get i get a content i am contacted i get contacted by one marat michaels he of extreme studios he of my very first and really only dedicated assistant that i had when i was doing new mutants and uh and, and x-force marat was there as i birthed cable deadpool domino all the rest all those pages all those layouts so many faxes sent back and forth with marvel Mar- Mar- marat had a first row uh, uh seat like front row in the first row to all that went down and he texted me and i told him i'm gonna i'm gonna share this because this was such so fun and i'll tell you the 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 funniest thing was how it 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 figured into um how how it figured into everything which was uh (laughs) he said dude i get dude in a text i was there i was there for that todd story i was he said, remember, I was visiting my girlfriend at the time in Portland, and I came over to visit you guys at Todd's house. And I said, oh my gosh, Murat, I'm so sorry, I forgot. He says, and do you remember the lightning? When he said there is no God, the lightning flashed and filled the room. He said, everything else that you shared was 100% on point. And then, because here's the deal, I was going to share with you guys a picture that I forgot to load of that night. There is a picture of myself holding Todd's daughter, Cyan. Uh, I am sitting next to uh, Terry Fitzgerald, again, who was a, a lieutenant in Todd's business. Uh, Tony Libido is sitting next to me. And standing on the couch, leaning over into the picture, is both Todd and his wife, his lovely wife, Wanda. And I said to Ron, now I know. Now I remember who took that picture because that picture most certainly did not take itself and there were several angles of that picture. So Marat was there with me once again, bringing the receipts. I mean, I apologize for excluding him from the story. You know, we're now going back into 33 years and I'm trying to tap into some of this stuff, but I am so happy that Marat contacted and said everything else was on point. He's like, you just forgot that I was sitting there and he really wanted you all to know about the lightning that filled the room and it did. It was creepy. The storm was pounding us. The thunder, the lightning. Todd having his supernatural showdown. Fantastic. So that is a great final uh kind of marker to this incredible story that i shared with you but the harvey heroes uh worth checking out thank you so much again for taking this ride for me at the end of each and every episode we share your incredible reviews you guys are so generous leaving these reviews for me i'm telling you we have never had a as strong a showing as we have uh since since y'all followed me back in 2024 this this 
uh, show has never seen uh, numbers and, and listenings, viewership, uh, the likes of which that you are giving it. It is incredible. Uh, I, I'm, I am seriously, seriously stunned by, by the... Uh, the enthusiasm that you are all showing. Um, we're going to try and catch up. Maybe, maybe, I mean, it's getting to the point. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> I can only imagine the review if I did it. From, from uh, yes, I have haters. Yes, they listen. If I did an entire episode of, of reviews, we're get, they're piling up. I'm trying to get to them. Today, this is my favorite podcast. Five stars. This is from A.K. Castile. A.K. Castile. Sounds like a character in a movie. Don't let A.K. Castile stop you. I love Rob's observations. Rob is an enthusiastic and knowledgeable host, and he lays down the knowledge of the comic book industry, not just about the times that he spent in the industry, but also he brings the history and obscura of comics to life. Hey, obscura, you get 50 cents for using a 50 cent word. As I have been a comics fan and have been able to fully fund my comics habit since the early 90s, right at that time, Rob and company left Marvel to form Image Comics. These podcasts are occasionally a blissful trip down memory lane and more often an insight into issues and artists I am not familiar with but need to be. Rob is a great guy, loves his fans, and it shows. Give him a chance and he will inspire you to find or rekindle your love of comics. That is my new favorite review. I read that thing blind. I literally just it's 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 the latest one. There are others I've got um, curated that we're gonna we're gonna be be sharing. We're again we're gonna get to all of your reviews. If you leave a review for me, like Mister Castile left, I will read it. Uh, maybe at the beginning, maybe in the middle, maybe at the end of the show. I'm, I'm changing it up lately. Uh, I just I thank thank you so much, Mister Castile. A.K. Castile for, for sharing that, for typing it up, for sharing it, for letting us know your enthusiasm for the show. These reviews help position our platform, give us a higher profile. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate whenever you get those keyboards out and you uh, type up these positive vibes for the show. I, it is my pleasure to read them. Thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for the great response. Thank you for the five stars. You are appreciated and I, I just hope that you continue to take this journey as I continue to expand. I love when you say you learn stuff because again, today i went pretty you want to talk you want to talk obscura we went obscura spy man and 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 jack q frost we we are the kings of obscura today thank you so much for listening and when i'm not uh talking into this microphone i'm all over social media twitter uh formerly known as twitter x i am at robert liefeld these are i'm going to share with you my social media platforms at robert liefeld r-o-b-e-r-t-l-i-e-f-e-l-d at robert liefeld i am waiting to hear from you over on twitter i'm doing a ton of promotions for all the all, all of the stuff that i've got going uh, for my future marvel projects you'll hear about them there last blood i am st- currently banging that drum as loud as i possibly can uh the thundercats covers all that stuff i love talking with you your replies your mentions uh, all of the interaction that we are able to do over on uh x formerly known as Twitter. I am at Robert Liefeld. I have a blue check, which signifies that I am uh, verifiable. That is legit. That is me. Um, Again, I love hearing from you. Please give me a follow. Uh, I I, I, I try to be uh, the the, the more adult 56-year-old Rob is trying to be as mature as he possibly can. It's all sunshine, roses, rainbows, and I would um, love to hear from you over on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Robert Liefeld with a blue check. That's me. On Instagram, I show videos of me drawing. I show my family. I show my food. I show my friends, my projects. I share all of it in my main post and my stories. I would love for you to follow me at Rob Liefeld, just R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L-D with a blue check. Again, uh, signifying that I am not an imposter, that you are really interacting with me. I read your mentions, your replies, your DMs. Again, so many great conversations happening over on X and over on Instagram. I would appreciate if you would follow me and interact. You're going to get uh, the first glimpses of so many of uh, the projects and the and the stuff that I have in the, in the pipeline. That's where I share it. That's where uh, you're going to get uh, your initial glimpse of that stuff. Again, Rob Liefeld. At Instagram, Robert Liefeld over on X, formerly known as Twitter. I will look for you on both of those platforms. I would invite you uh, to go to Facebook. We have a kick-ass group. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the name of the group. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. I am an administrator. So is a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. One of us, 
will be the ones that click you on through. We have kick-ass art contests. I'm telling you, some of the new entries are just blowing me away. We have art contests that we run. Terry is uh, the guy that runs all the on uh, all the all the art contests. Puts the name of the uh, characters up. There's the draw-offs. Then there's the polls. Everyone responds. There's winners. Then they get to pick. It is so fun. Please come join us. So many of the topics that we discuss here, we discuss in a more long-form manner. There, we are sharing comics, comics history. Uh, we just have a great fun time. The vibes are super positive. Positive. We keep it positive. You're going to again, again, occasionally get some sneak peeks over there. My group on Facebook, Rob Liefeld, it's a group. Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the name of it. Make sure you check us out. We will click you on through and, and look forward to having the best time with you. Over on Whatnot, that is my live stream. That is when I go live. We are upping the amount of shows that we're doing in order to uh, feed the demand for my latest book, which is only available through live stream. 28 brand new pages, full color, uh, brand new material that you've never seen before. Last Blood uh, deals with um, some of the fates of my extreme universe of characters. And it is, uh, I, I drew it from Thanksgiving to New Year's. I am happy to have it in your hands. We have copies on hand. They have been blowing out. I would I would uh, encourage you to follow me, Rob Liefeld, over on whatnot. When I uh, set a show, you'll get a notification. Especially when you get we we go live, you should get a secondary notification that we're happening right now. I would I would suggest that you get there early so that you can get your hands on some of these books. We are low low quantities. New editions are coming, but they won't be the same covers. They won't be the same art. It will be new additions as we continue to feed the demand for Last Blood. I am so excited to share that with you. I also have signed and uh, remarked comic books exclusive variants of Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Snake Eyes, uh, Extreme Books, Profit Remastered, Brigade Remastered, Evangeline. We have so many things that we're sharing. We, we, I, I remark on Funko Pops, on toys. We have a full menu. We have a blast. I generally get on there for between 90 minutes and two hours. Sometimes we go long, but it is me looking right at you talking to you during the live stream, sharing with you what we're sharing, whether it is a signed variant, an exclusive, a remark. I, I absolutely encourage you to follow me over on Whatnot so that we can get down and have fun with um, all of our kick-ass collectibles. There's also so many more collectibles that you can uh, shop on the Whatnot app. So many different combo collectors, Silver Age, Golden Age, Modern Age, Manga. There's collector's cards. There's uh, all, all sports kicks, jerseys, hats. Uh, I mean, they've got everything. They've got jewelry. I mean, it is an, an incredible app. I have had the best time on it uh, because I'm not traveling. And I'm not doing conventions. You're not You're not seeing me on the road doing any shows for the last three years because I just don't have time. I'm doing so much work since June. I think I've given you about 170 pages worth of comics. June, July, August, September, October was Deadpool Batterblood. Then, uh, then Deadpool 7 Slaughters came out in November. And here we are in January and I have the new Last Blood plus tons of covers. I am working. I can't uh, go to the airport, get on the plane, fly, wait for the rental car, go to the hotel, check in. It's just way too time consuming. I would rather get books to you. And one of the ways that we can do that is through this whatnot live stream. Please follow me. I look forward to seeing you. What a day. What a fun show. Thank you for hanging with me. You guys know at the end of every episode, I am wishing you all the best. I hope your spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional well-being are exactly where they need to be. I hope you are in a good place. I hope that you can take a, a minute, an hour, a day away from the grind, dive into a comic book, a graphic novel, uh, a, a, a novel novel, uh, watch a great show, go out to dinner with your friends, your family, grab a pizza, grab Mexican enchilada, grab pokey, grab, grab, uh, grab sushi, grab... Italian, whatever it is, Indian food. This is all the stuff my kids consume. I just wish I had a better stomach for all of this delicious Indian food. Even one of my sons is like, oh, I got I to go lightly on this stuff now. Look, meals, sharing meals, sharing laughter, sharing fun, sharing time with your friends and family. Uh, it, it just, it, it, it can really release the stress and the grind. I'm 56 year old. I got three, 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 uh, three adult kids. I've been married almost 30 years. We, I've been in my relationship over 30 years, married almost 30 years. Look, I get it, you guys. Life is a demand. It's a grind. Um, and, and sometimes we just got to take some time for ourselves. Get into that recliner. Get into that beanbag chair. Get comfortable on that couch. Take some time off. That is my wish for you uh, responsibly to just, uh, you know, restore yourself. Get re-energized. Get, get that passion back up. Um, and, uh, you know, ha have some candy bars while you're at it. <laughs> you didn't think I was really not going to mention the big cups. I got a two and a half pound big cup. 
uh, giant Hershey, uh, uh, I'm sorry, giant Reese's bake up that, that I got that is in our refrigerator that I still can't figure out how to dent. I'll, I'll, I'll upload a picture of it soon. Uh, you've seen them. They're available. They're giant. I, I got so many Reese's products for the holidays. I, I, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm well stocked um, till summer for sure. Anyway, get after it. Did I really fail to mention, you know, blizzards and ice cream and, 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 and milkshakes? Also, just an incredible escape. Your senses will tingle and that smile will come. You know it will. Thank you so much for being here. Please, please take care of yourself. Fist bump, boom, through the blue mic, the blue Yeti that I use, that I talk into. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the good times, everybody. Come back around. I'm going to be here. I'm waiting. We will absolutely, most certainly, and inevitably talk again real soon. 